This podcast is brought to you by Mezcala Nursery, located at 6901 Orange Avenue, Long Beach, California, 90805. Mezcala is family-owned, family-ran since 2007. This is the house of succulents growing grounds, you guys. I'm talking everything you can possibly imagine in the succulent realm, from your common everyday plants to more rare and obscure imports. They have all kinds of different cacti and euphorbias. They can service your landscaping needs. And they have a bunch of hoop houses dedicated to houseplants. And I go to Sergio anytime I have to do a pop-up. Anytime I'm going to do a pop-up, I go to them and I keep my shop stocked by supporting Mezcala. They have everything you need in one place. Mezcala is also on Instagram, at Mezcala Nursery. They keep their stories updated daily of these plants that can come and go really quickly. You could miss it. Make sure to go show them some love. It's also very family-friendly, and the customer service is on point. I'm there all the time. I bring my kids with me. They always have a great time. 6901 Orange Avenue, Long Beach, California, 90805, Mezcala Nursery. Welcome back, everybody, to If Plants Could Talk. This is Garrett. I'm your host. This conversation took place on July 5th, 2021, with my guest, Big Cactus Rescue. Martin joins me today as my very first international guest, which I'm really excited about. I'm blown away that I'm able to have a conversation with a, another human being on a completely different continent and time zone and then share it with you guys via this platform. He did an excellent job. He's got a, an amazing collection and he cares a lot about what he's doing for sure. You can see the passion in his eyes. Very calm, very mellow dude. Really enjoyed his company. He has in his bio that he built a little cactus sanctuary in rainy England. Desert plants and death metal. No gods, no masters, no mealy bugs. You can find his website, bigcactusrescue.org. I'll plug a link in the bio. Also, his Instagram, at Big Cactus Rescue. He recently had an eight-page spread in the BCSS magazine, the British Cactus and Succulent Society magazine, which I thought was so awesome. They're on Instagram as well, at BCSS underscore Cactus World. He also plugged his girlfriend, who is running for such an amazing cause. She is Trixie Runs Every Day on Instagram. She's running to raise money as a charity for the local homeless in UK, which I think is absolutely incredible. Go show her some love, you guys. I hope you enjoy. Here's Martin. Big Cactus Rescue. How's it going? Joining us from the United Kingdom. Yep. You're my first international guest. Brilliant. Yeah. And I love your accent. It's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. I don't really think about it. Right. Yeah. So how are you doing today? Very good. It's six o'clock here. I guess it's a lot earlier there. 10 a.m. Yeah. That's early. What's the season like over there right now? It's summer. summer. Um, Yeah. And it's nice. Really nice. We don't get much of a summer, but it's good when we get it. Yeah. 
I, I have so many questions about um, your location and cactus. I, I didn't realize I've seen a lot of accounts in the UK and actually a, a large percentage of the listeners are from the UK. Um, right. But uh, I didn't realize, is there a bigger, is there a bigger cactus community than you would imagine? Right. In the UK. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, the British Cactus and Succulent Society is a huge organization and there's a lot of members, but they tend to be older. Mm. So, I mean, I guess back in the day, starting collecting cactuses was a huge thing. It's been going since, I don't know, like the 20s or something. Okay. So, yeah, so a lot of the collectors here are a lot older, whereas it seems in New York, there's a whole, in sorry, in LA, there's a whole younger crowd coming in i believe that's relatively new because a lot of the older cats that i speak to it used to be like an older gentleman's thing you know um or woman's thing and um yeah i I think that this new generation there's been a boom of younger cats getting into this i don't know though i have no idea because i didn't start paying attention until recently and Mm. uh, i saw you have a eight page spread in the british cactus succulent society magazine yeah that's fucking incredible dude Congrats, yeah well, I think it's kind of i think they're desperate for young or fresh blood you know yeah like a lot of the a lot of the collectors are, are, are passing away now or getting too old to look after their collections and not a lot of younger people although i'm not that young but they seem to think i am so not a lot of people are sort of coming into the hobby now mm-hmm they're desperately trying to reach out and get people in. So when I started doing it, they were, they embraced it. <laughs> That's incredible, man. Because it's you're you're um, different than than your typical. You know what I mean? You got the metal thing going on, and you got yeah. Well, definitely in the UK because it is very much an old man's hobby. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, it, yeah I would say it is different. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know how the whole metal and cactus thing really started. I just thought it was funny <laughs> at first, but it's definitely become a thing now. Um, I just thought it was funny, like putting a really brutal metal song with a picture of a beautiful flower. Mm-hmm. And I used it and I kind of rolled with it and it stuck. <laughs> they, con- they contrast each other well, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you brought a unique... Uh, perspective in, into the community even here i don't see a lot of or if any like death metal cactus collectors like you know what i mean you... well, there's a couple it surprised me like oh is there yeah it, it seems to be a thing i mean there's yeah it, it's funny it's, that's all it is it's just funny and i i've always listened to metal come from the punk scene grew up around all that stuff and yeah yeah there's not a great deal to it <laughs> i see a beautiful bloom behind you yeah this is new today nice yeah what is it a trike i can't really tell yeah it's it's a trichocerius pachinoi nice it was a that was actually one of the first first real cactus that i got it was a cutting mm-hmm. and someone from the british cactus and succulent society gave it to me i went up to his greenhouse and took a cut and it was rooting for quite a long time and now it's fully rooted and flowering and it's great yeah isn't that a lovely feeling when you take a cutting and root it i mean especially like in the early stages when i first started collecting and i rooted cactus or propagated columnar in particular i love that 
it amazes me that they can do it it's rewarding like, yeah. yeah you can cut off any old bit and eventually it'll grow roots and turn into a plant again it's, it's incredible totally yeah or like fall With down you can fall down and start yeah. growing <laughs> grow roots from anywhere it wants right yeah it's, yeah fascinating so are you the a world. musician sorry um yeah i've not for a long time but yeah i've played in plenty of bands i um i've toured with a lot of bands and i'm a sound engineer okay live sound engineer i kind of yeah i kind of got sick of, of playing with bands quite a long time ago the, the practicing i found that it was a much easier way of going on tour was to just drive the bands so i did that for quite a long time it's like all the fun of touring without the actual having to play oh the commitment that comes with that yeah yeah, yeah. and also working in in that sort of industry you just kind of get sick of it it becomes a job and that's what it did but yeah i play the drums and i play bass mm. um, but like i say not for a while yeah. no particular interest in getting back into it really mm. What I was reading, uh, I, I, I scrolled through your Instagram and then I, I kind of zoomed in on that uh, article. Did it, it? Correct me if I'm wrong, but did did you kind of when the pandemic hit, you had a lack of tours, and then you started kind of gravitating towards your cactus collection? Well, that's. I mean, I've only really been doing this cactus thing since the start of the pandemic okay. and the whole lockdown. Yeah, I had. Um, I had a lot of tours booked, a lot of festivals. I had I, I run as well, so mm. a lot of races were cancelled. I go to the gym a lot, and all the gyms were shut down, and I basically had nothing to do. Yeah. So, and also, I'd I've always kind of been interested in cactus, mm -hmm. um, but I've never really lived anywhere where I could keep them. Yeah. I've lived in, travelled around a lot, lived in squats. And then I lived in, you know, moving from place to place. I lived in a, a vehicle for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, I tried to keep plants, but they just it just doesn't work. So just sort of before the, the pandemic kicked off, ended up with an absolutely beautiful garden and an opportunity to sort of collect stuff. And that's what that's what's ended up happening. It became a hobby. Yeah. I kind of have a habit of collecting hobbies and fully embracing them. Mm. This is the latest one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this one's gone anywhere, though. I think, well, they I, never do. It's here to the problem. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the, yeah, I do have a habit of, of going for stuff. Like with the running, I couldn't walk up a flight of stairs without being out of breath. So I decided to go for a run. And mm. within a year, I was doing marathons and ultra marathons every every weekend so that's just sort of what i do that's why i have to be careful about saying yes to stuff because if, if i say yes then i'll seem to kind of commit <laughs> i hear you well that's drive that i'm sure a lot of people long for man that's incredible that you have that and uh i can see that your collection grew very rapidly <laughs> obviously i didn't have any work um and yeah the community and the people yeah I, I got a lot of plants given to me like i say a lot of a lot of old collectors have passed away and i kind of 
got the reputation as being the guy who will take the stuff that no one else wants. So mm. I got given a lot of stuff and I've collected a lot of stuff for free or, you know, trades and that sort of thing. And it's, you know, it's been really, really interesting. Hence rescue, big cactus rescue. Is that where the name came from? The fact well, that, then... you, that you're willing to take uh, rescue people's plants. Yeah. Well, that's, I, th- I don't know the name. So the Instagram thing started because I, I, just, I had all these plants and they started to flower. And I was like, this is amazing. So I started taking photographs of them and I started posting them on Facebook. Uh-huh. And like obviously all my friends on Facebook are not interested in me posting pictures of flowers. Right. Cause there's a dramatic change for me. <laughs> so yeah, I just made the Instagram account to kind of dump the pictures that I was taking. Mm-hmm. And the big cactus rescue thing came from at the time at the start of lockdown. I don't know if it was as popular there, but the um, tiger King thing. Mm, yeah yeah i remember yeah, so the, it was it's just a play on big cat rescue big cat rescue yeah <laughs> well it's catchy bro it is catchy and that that so that stuck and then everyone was like oh you rescue cactus great here do you want these and i'm like yeah great and the collection expanded quite rapidly that's beautiful and i love that i love it like getting a plant that's neglected or almost dead mm-hmm cleaning it up and getting rid of all the if there's any bugs on it or whatever and, and just making it look beautiful again because mm-hmm. it's easy to do like finding a nice pot for it and top dressing it and and obviously the instagram thing there's a lot of people who post pictures of incredibly pretty plants and mm-hmm. it's very easy to look like that if you just sort of take some time and i like that yeah that's cool uh, is there cactus in habitat in the UK? No, none, zero, zero. Wow. It rains. It rains constantly, and the winters are freezing. So, no, nothing can really live outside. I mean, some people try. You can, um, you know, there's some, particularly on the south coast, you can just about get away with growing certain plants outside, but no, nothing in habitat. Wow, I'm surprised there's not, like, at least an Apuntia or something. that. Because uh, <laughs> those things are hard. I, I don't exaggerate when it's, say like, it rains all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just too wet and too humid, and, yeah, they wouldn't live outside for very long. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a greenhouse. Do you incorporate... Uh, any heating or anything like that? How do you yeah. do climate control? Yeah, I have, um, in the winter, I insulate with bubble wrap and I have an electric fan heater just mm. to keep it freezing. Mm-hmm. And I just stop watering sort of October and, yeah, just leave them alone and they don't get any water until the spring and most plants are all right just above freezing maybe five degrees sure um but obviously some need to be warmer like the brazilian ones and stuff like that so they come inside oh bring them in the house yeah okay yeah man that's dedication bro that's that's so cool that you've found this and and really like it sounds like you've you're putting a lot into it yeah well i've I would choose, like I say, I had nothing to do. So <laughs> I started reading about these plants because I thought they were quite interesting. And I sort of absorb information pretty easily. And I just spent like months just reading about them. So I feel like 
I know quite a lot now. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I was going to ask you about when did that begin? Like, when, when do you, if you look back into your past, when when did that first little spark towards plants? Was there any other plants in your history besides for cactus? Um, probably not. I mean, my parents have a beautiful garden mm. and they're quite they're house plants and stuff, but I never really paid any attention as a teenager. Mm. Um, no, I mean, I went out to Arizona on tour quite a while ago and I saw like this scabby old Apuntia mm-hmm. desert and I was like, oh shit, that's amazing. <laughs> no way, I've never seen a cactus before, mm-hmm. you know, in habitat. Uh, but I wasn't that, you know, I was pretty drunk and didn't really care. But I think <laughs> that's part of a certain interest in these weird plants. There's a certain mystery about them because you don't see them here. Yeah. We have some amazing plants that grow. It's very lush and green and, you know, stuff grows everywhere. But, yeah, there's a certain mystery to cactus that appealed to me. Yeah. I think that you're not alone in that. Even I'm sure that it that it is that much more interesting because of where you're from and the lack of them being present. But I, I feel like there's that, that's like a very familiar thing, something magical or mystical about cactus you know and the spikes too i can see why you uh coming from the type of culture that that you know you grew up in uh you like the spiky gnarly cactus you know yeah yeah it's fitting it is it is it's interesting yeah so what what about uh like a favorite or what's the most what do you have the most of um, that's another thing I find interesting is that a lot of people sort of specialize in, in certain types of plants and mm-hmm. I haven't really done that. Although obviously there's some plants that I love more than others. Yeah. Areocarpus are probably my favorite. Mm. Uh, I guess over there, Areocarpus are pretty common in collections, but here not so much. I think they're considered quite hard to grow. I would imagine. Yeah. Plant. But but they're not really. So yeah, I love Areocarpus, and I can't explain why. <laughs> they're weird plants. Yeah. Um, and in my head, there's this sort of sludge doom metal soundtrack that goes along with them, so that makes them even more interesting. <laughs> awesome. So you, everybody's sourcing via importing out there. You guys are importing from. Well, we were. Now they're growing them there, huh? There's this whole Brexit thing happened recently, and now we can't import anything. What? Including particularly plants. It's an absolute mess. I won't get into it too much. But yeah, we left the European Union by uh, a vote. Yeah, I Uh, heard about that. I didn't know that you guys weren't allowed to import anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, we can, but there's all sorts of new rules. Previously, we could import anything from the EU, and we were all part of one thing, and there was no restrictions whatsoever. Now there's also, I mean, they haven't even figured it out yet. There's all sorts of 
um, tax that you have to pay and they have to be inspected and all this stuff. So you order a plant from Europe or from France, which is, you know, 20 miles away. It has to come in and there's such a massive backlog at the at the port because everything has to be inspected and everything has to be certified. And people have generally just stopped doing it because plants just don't turn up. They end up in a warehouse waiting. So stuff just disappears for months on end. And by the time you get it, it's dead. So it's a really, I mean, it's changed the hobby hugely. Um, the price of plants has just skyrocketed because suddenly, you know, there's all these nurseries out in Europe that grow all this stuff and it was, it was really cheap and easy to get and anyone can get it. Suddenly anything that's on the island is suddenly the value of it has gone up because it's hard, harder to get. Fourth of July. So that's a, a mess. Sorry. Somebody's lighting off fireworks in the middle of the day. I'll let them finish. <laughs> cool um yeah that that's so the most of your plants are coming from other collectors then yeah wow yeah i mean when the, the brexit thing has only been recently so i was importing stuff from europe mm -hmm. well, but that's all been clamped down now so yeah a lot of the stuff that i've got is stuff that people don't want or you know, collectors that have passed away or collectors that have retired or have got too much stuff. Wow. Yeah. And since that article went out in the, the BCSS magazine, quite a few people have contacted me and say, Hey, I've got all this stuff. Yeah. You want it? I'm like, yeah, I want it. <laughs> That's a blessing, man. I know. It's amazing. It's really good. Yeah. I would love for some people to shoot me some plants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you said that aerial carpus is your favorite is that what you have the most of um i don't really know never really thought about it i've certainly never counted um i have quite a few it wasn't that long ago when i got my first one and i was like oh my god this is amazing i got it from a guy in belgium mm -hmm. and i played paid an obscene amount of money for it yeah and i was super happy with it because I never thought I'd be able to get one because they're quite hard to get. Mm. And now I've, I've probably got maybe 10 or 12. Mm. Dope. I saw you have a pretty big Copia Poa collection. Yes. I don't know if you can see. But they're all here. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. What is I that? Like Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I like them. And uh, again, can't explain why. I think it's the, the story of of the habitat they come from and they're, they're certain i don't think they're as pretty as areocarpus they're very varied and that you know but they look cool they're gnarly and they they're so slow at growing yeah i like the slow growing ones there's something just mind-blowing about a plant that can take that long to grow and you, then you see pictures of them in habitat and they're just like massive right imagine how long it took to get that size yeah it's pretty, pretty incredible and they'll outlive us too oh yeah yeah you know which is yeah and a lot of people you know you need you kind of need to think about these plants live longer than people so where are they going to go when you go right and a lot of people don't which is why there's a lot of huge incredible collections 
where the family of someone who's passed away are like, we don't know what to do with all this stuff. Does anyone want it? Sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely more than one lifetime to get certain plants to maturity. And that's pretty fascinating. Yeah. What is the watering like for you? Did I would imagine you water less often than we do? Um, yeah, it's very much dependent on the weather, I guess. Like this year, the spring was terrible. So from no water from October, usually sort of April, you would start watering, but it, it dragged on and on because it was just so cold. Mm. Um, and yeah, it, it took a long, long time for it to warm up. So you just withhold water until the weather's warm enough to get them growing again. And then, yeah, I don't know. I don't have any special sort of rules about water. And I just water when the soil's dry and yeah. when the weather's sort of bright enough. Yeah. Do you have to um, supplement lighting at all ever? Uh, No, no, not really. We get plenty of, I mean, it's it's overcast a lot of the time, but there is enough light. Mm. You just have to, I've got a big, huge box of seedlings over here that have got lights. Mm. Uh, but that's only because I don't have the space to put them out on the benches. So they're, they're under the bench with, with light. What kind of seeds are you, what are you, what are you growing? What do you got? Uh, most aerocarpus. Uh, <laughs> checks out. <laughs> yeah, I've probably got about, I don't know, 3,000 aerocarpus growing under the <laughs> <laughs> with it. Oh uh, man. But yeah, I've got a lot and I have no idea what I'm going to do with them all. But yeah. I can forget about it for a few years because they're not going anywhere. I mean, it's going to take at least three years before they even come out of the little pods. So yeah. I'll let future me worry about it. Wow, three years. Yeah, they. You can quite you you can leave them sealed up for two or three years, and they're fine. I think. They don't ever need any new moisture. Well, they're pretty. They're pretty sealed. So the initial water that you give them will do them for, wow. for a long time. Wow. That's incredible. I did not know that. Um, I was going to ask you about the legality of certain cactus in your area. What What's up with Lophophora in the UK? It's fine. There's no, no laws. On any all. of them? No. Wow. Can, I don't think, there's, so few people that are interested in them, I don't think it's become a problem. It's not like, sure. yeah, it's, no, you yeah. can grow them. You can keep them. I think, I don't know, maybe there's a, a rule about drying them and, and eating Processing them. it, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. So yeah, then obviously yeah. Trichosirius is not a problem either. Because we got, we no. got gray area. We have a legal gray area on the trikes. And then we have uh, the, the loaves are just illegal for the most part. Uh, the Williams EI at least is. I just learned that recently that the other ones like, I don't know how you freaking say it, Fritchie EI, uh, the, those are legal, I guess. I, I don't know. I'm but how can we possibly tell the difference? <laughs> right, exactly, yeah, right. It's, it seems so crazy to me that like the, the country where they grow, right? they grow in habitat there. Like, yeah. And and they're illegal. Yeah. Well, and they need to be protected, of course, but yes. to grow them to grow them in, in a greenhouse is illegal. Yeah. It's not like it's yeah, it's 
strange. Well, we just got a bill in California in particular that is uh, gone to the Senate. And so far, it's like passed through every hoop thus far on the decriminalization of all psychedelics, uh, and, but specifically the these and uh, other psychedelic substances as well, which is a big win, you know, yeah. it's a big win for us. Definitely. Yeah. Especially the plants. Like if it's plant based, I just, I don't understand it, you know, but, um, I got some questions. If you'd like okay. to field some questions. <laughs> I'll try. Cool. Let's have a look. Crazy for cactus. Kevin. Oh yeah. What is the most metal cactus on earth? <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you. Yeah, please do. This one is the most metal cactus on earth right now. It does look pretty fucking metal, to be honest, with those spikes coming out of the hair. Yeah, bro. That's crazy. You're so right. Yeah. You've got to imagine the soundtrack that goes with it, obviously. It reminds me of, like, Liberty Spikes. I know that's more like punk, but it, yeah. That's a cool plant. So there you go, Kevin. That is the most metal plant on earth. It's an aerial carpus for the listeners. Today. Right. Tomorrow it might change. This is just a statement, not a question. K. Pershan said, so excited to learn about his collection. And Edgar, your cacti sucks. Yeah. <laughs> he said, when are you coming to visit us in America? Next year. Are you? Definitely. Like I would have come sooner, but I've got no money. So, yeah, I think me and my girlfriend are definitely planning on coming out. It's been such a strange thing with the Instagram to kind of, I don't, I, like, everybody that I speak to on Instagram is from LA, and I've got no idea why that happened because I didn't seek out people in LA it just seems that that's the scene where you know the the younger generation of cactus growers are and it's really interesting yeah so I've made such good friends on there and you know I feel, I feel like it, it's going to be weird going out there because I feel like I know quite a lot of people yeah so I definitely want to come out and get a car and drive around and meet all the people I've been speaking to for the last year or two yeah that's wonderful, man. And that's the beautiful thing about technology. As much as I, I see a very dark side of social media, something like this. I mean, one, we're able to have this conversation. You're in a fucking completely different time zone and a different continent. <laughs> and, you know, you just told me you have all these friends that are over here. I mean, it's that's beautiful, man. Really grateful yeah. to have had that during such a fucked up time, you know? It has been a messed up time. And the pro, like, I use Facebook a lot. So a lot of my friends that I've met over the years are on there, but it, Facebook, as soon as the pandemic hit, it turned dark. Like yeah. there's just people arguing on there and people at each other's throats and there's all this conspiracy theory stuff and yeah. all this right wing shit coming on. Yeah. And I just couldn't deal with it. Like I don't need to go on social media to argue with people right. about stupid shit, which, so when I made the, the plant Instagram, suddenly like everyone's really nice and yeah. like people, talk about plants and i'm like well this is fine i don't need i don't need uh facebook yeah so this is why i've been using it so much is because it's positive and a lot of the stuff on facebook since the pandemic has been really negative and i don't need that 
Yeah. So much political unrest, even where you guys are. Oh, it's yeah. Just totally. Everywhere right now. I, I think the problem is like, since the pandemic, everyone's been out of work, everyone's whatever. People have just been spending an awful lot of time on social media and people have fallen into these wormholes, pits of conspiracy theories yeah. and and it, it is messed up. And I, I tried for a while to just like pump a bit of rational sense into people by getting involved with these arguments, but it's pointless. You can never change someone's mind on the internet. So Certainly. I just stepped out and took pictures of flowers. Yeah. <laughs> And it's been much, much pleasant, more pleasant. Yeah, I don't see a lot of cruelty in the in the plant community. And that's kind of what I found, too. It was like a breath of fresh air, for sure. You know, yeah. even just seeing people like share your photos, you know, they don't tag you or anything, but you're scrolling through and you see somebody shared your thing, you know, or people comment and like, it's just, it, it's, it's incredible. Imagine if there was a way to do it in like, to interact in the the amount that we do, but like in person, you know, if we, yeah. we could actually be around you know, each other all the time. A lot of people in your house. <laughs> sure would be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, it's a supportive community, man. I guess these communities exist for all sorts of specialist subjects. Yeah. And it, it is nice yeah um there's a weird thing that like people collect stuff i've been right. thinking about this like a lot of people are like why why do you collect cactus and i've been thinking about that a long a lot and i have absolutely no idea and i think it's probably like some like with most weird things that humans do it's probably some evolutionary sure. trait that's gone wrong like i guess you know, when people settled down, they suddenly had the space or the time or the ability to collect stuff. So collecting resources would help with survival. And right. And then over the years, that's gone weird. And now we collect stamps and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I look at it as like a caretaker trait, you know, like, like we have some kind of trait that, that makes us want to care for things, especially specifically nature, you know? Uh, yeah it seems to be that way that, that a lot of the plant people, most of the plant people I meet have a particular like love for the outdoors or nature or plants. It's interesting. It could, though. Yeah. It could be that, um, you know, the people that collect the most resources get the mate, <laughs> which is why some people, some people <laughs> end up stamps and some people end up, you know, collecting money and cars and, Sure. But it's very much a, an instinct that all humans seem to share. Is yeah, and I guess the same thing happened to me. I was not able to keep possessions because of my lifestyle, and then since I've settled down, suddenly I've got a lot of time on my hands and the space. Yeah, keeps. But this is just what humans do. If you give them some space, they'll fill it with crap. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. No one knows why. All right, let me see what else I got here. I got a couple more. Um, this question we already answered. What cactus grow naturally in England? And unfortunately, we found out that none do. This is from my, my girlfriend, the mother of my child, Amber. I think it's funny that people think that cactus might grow in England. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we're out of touch. 
What is your dream plant destination? She asked. Do you have one? Uh, well, first off, I don't know, LA. Sure. Want to meet all you guys. Sure. And then I'd like to go to the Atacama Desert. Yeah. As whatever. I'm sure. And that place is, I've read so much and seen so many pictures. It, it just looks incredible. I had a feeling you might say that. Yeah. I did. That's cool. Um, I, well, I hope you do make it out. And when you do, please holler at me, man. I would love to meet up. We could link at the nursery, one of the local nurseries. That's the beautiful thing about this area in particular in Southern California is we have these like little home bases, these little nurseries like GT, Mezcala, Garibaldos. You know, we can all kind of network and socialize there. Plus, we have the Cactus Clubs, which I haven't, I haven't started doing all that yet. But I would like to. I'm interested. I might go to this upcoming show. So yeah, that looks, that looks really good. Right. Yeah, it does. Kevin, like the the BCSS do a lot of shows and a lot of meetings and all sorts of stuff, but they haven't because of the pandemic. Mm. Everything's cancelled. So they've been doing Zoom meetings mm. like every week for a long time, and they get they have a, a speaker, and anyone can join, and it's just been great. Like it's been really interesting to see that. Yeah, that's wonderful. At least they have that. Um, so filter free Jesse, she said, well, first she said, um, I want to ask him a question, but I have no idea what, I think I just want to hang out with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're coming Jess. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys will get along well for sure. Yeah. We um, chat occasionally and it's nice. Great. Yeah. She's good. She's a good person. Yeah. And you guys have similar, um, interests and culture so mm-hmm. she also asked i pressured her i was like no you gotta ask questions she said do people give over dying plants to you and or do you find them around or both we kind of elaborated on that but you want to answer her question yeah i mean <laughs> yeah i do prefer beautiful nice alive plants mm-hmm. but i tend to be given quite a lot of very dead plants mm. And, and as I'm starting to run out of space, I need to be a bit more picky now. Right. At first, I'm like, yeah, I'll take it, I'll take it. Um, but I have built a second greenhouse now, which is nearly full. <laughs> so, yeah, I get a lot of, um, I've got a lot of plants that are dead. I've also got a compost heap that's full of dead plants, mm. which is bad, but not all of them can be saved. Mm. So you throw plants into your compost? Yeah. Hmm. I try not to. I try and save them. Right. <laughs> but some of them are bad. Yeah. I didn't know, realize you could do that. You can throw them in there and it'll help provide nutrients to the soil. Yeah, I guess so. It's plant matter. It'll right. break down. Cool. Very cool. I didn't know you had a second greenhouse either. Yeah. It's, it's coming on. I need to build some proper benches in there, but it's, yeah, it's like half full already. Mm. I've only just finished it. I need to build benches. My plan was I built the second one for these seedlings, mm. but then it started filling up with plants. But I think <laughs> I've still got the space. But ultimately, what I want to do is build like a huge conservatory type thing and have like sofas and a dining table yes. in there. So get rid of these two greenhouses and build something big that we can actually sit in. That would be the dream. And it will happen. I love this idea. 
Yeah. I like where you're going with this. I uh, I would have to come out. I'll, I'll make my way. Break. Nice tiled floor. Do it properly. That will happen. <laughs> That's the plan. Do you have some like building skills, building history, building things? Um, not really. I mean, I've built a lot of stuff, but I don't have any experience as such. But I can turn my hand to whatever. Uh, multi-talented. Yeah, just practical, I guess. It tends to be the case with musicians, man. Um, what is your guilty pleasure for music that's nothing in the realm of metal? This is Je Filter Free Jesse. <laughs> There's no guilty pleasures. I love all sorts of music. I've been pumping the metal on Instagram just because it's funny. But yeah, I I, I like a lot of a lot of different types. I used to do free parties and and raves and stuff. So Ooh. drum and bass is big is a big thing that I'm into. And and reggae and dub and all sorts. Dude. Fuck yeah. I actually used to spin jungle and drum and bass. That's what I started with. And uh, probably in like 2006, I started spinning jungle, drum and bass. And then I moved into house music and techno. I like minimal techno. But drum and bass, I know you guys have a huge hardcore and drum and bass scene out there. And I caught that actually on one of your videos you made, which are really great too. I'd like to compliment you on that. You're, I Now that you tell me you're an audio engineer and all these other talents of yours, it totally makes sense. You're why your content is, is so appealing. But uh, I heard a little hint. You had this like remix of drum and bass and metal together on one of these songs. And I commented yeah. on it. Like this was like a while ago. And I was like, fuck yeah. I heard a little hint of drum and bass in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do love drum and bass. It's yeah. Yeah. I w I've always kind of looked up to your guys as a community in the dance realm because I've never I've been I've been out there uh once or twice but uh never got never as an adult we were kids when we went so I would love to come out there and experience your guys's rave scene um yeah you guys have a, have a big had a big impact on the scene for sure yeah yeah definitely a lot of a lot of good music has come out of, of London and stuff yeah. and yeah we did again the pandemic has kind of put a, a dampener on it but we did have a huge free party and rave scene uh which is really difficult in this country because there is no empty space you know like mm. where you are you can go out in the desert and i don't understand why you don't have huge raves in the desert like, we do sometimes. No sometimes yeah okay <laughs> yeah. sometimes well yeah to, to find a venue where you can have like five thousand people is very very difficult here because you've always got a house or someone to complain yeah so there's a you know the warehouse party scene is is pretty cool and yeah we were a, a big part of it for a long time awesome uh, yeah yeah well that's kind of where um the punk and the metal heads kind of meet is in i i noticed this at least in the la scene uh, and the desert scene. We do have a big desert scene out here. Uh, it's underground, though. Uh, that's where a lot of punkers uh, and metalheads would come, and I'd find them in the hardcore and in the drum and bass stage, always. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It's like kind yeah. of where we intertwined. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love that, like mixing up. Because you get a lot of like people who are into metal and it's like, I like metal, I only like metal. Purists. And it's like, come on, dude. Like, 
you, you stand at a gig in a black t-shirt at the back with your arms crossed like you're not enjoying yourself <laughs> <laughs> i used to do this thing when i was engineering metal shows and i would in between the bands play like an 80s disco party mm-hmm. and it was just the funniest thing to do to a room full of metalheads is to just play like madonna and stuff and <laughs> start it off slowly and eventually you get every single person in the room dancing to the Mad- madonna and and just 80s pop music and then they are visibly disappointed when the band starts and that to me is the, just the best thing like they're all dancing and having a great time and then the metal starts and they go <laughs> it's funny yeah well, that's the cool thing about these these cultures, these subcultures, is that everybody from different walks of life can come together, you know, no matter what, where you're from, yeah. what you've been through. And that's kind of, I found refuge in the rave scene, uh, like feeling like an outcast growing up, feeling different, being uh, more like artistic than in, than uh, book smart, you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, that's where I found refuge for sure. I, I never felt judged and and discovered I learned a lot about myself and community and you know but mm-hmm. there's also there's also a dark side to it um if you get carried away you know what i mean oh, yeah. you know what i'm talking about <laughs> a lot of people do yeah yeah we used to put on uh like punk dub bands mm-hmm. on in warehouse parties and that was just such good fun because you can invite the punks you can invite the the hardcore drum and bass kids and you'll find them all dancing to the punk band which is really good fun that's awesome like that not not a lot of people were doing just because logistically it's really hard to get a live band on in a venue that you've just broken into but right. we used to do it just to mix up those scenes and it was really good fun that's so cool yeah renegades are the best man and i watched uh videos i watched one recently of your guys that someone had a you guys had an outdoor rave out there and the cops beat the shit out of somebody. The cops came in there and broke it up. But that's the fun thing is that that thrill of, uh, you know, doing a renegade party, you know, bringing a generator and being in mm-hmm. some abandoned building or, you know, outdoor venue. Just, you guys have got so much space. I'm so jealous. It would be so easy there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot, a lot of the, the warehouse parties are actually legal now because we don't have to. We don't have to hide it anymore you know it's kind of become part of the culture yeah. thankfully but yeah that's cool man i'm really glad we got to do this dude yeah so you want to show me some plants you want to close out and show me some plants i would love to see some of your plants what do you want to see uh let's see a poa so this is an old plant and it's seed grown and the label says 1982 wow when it was planted and considering it's very tiny wow still what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) it takes a long time man talk about a slow grower yeah and it's got a pup that thing's eight years older than me, man. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I love that. I mean, I love growing from seed, but you know, you you wouldn't see that in a lifetime, right? Get to that size. So that's a power. 
I've got quite a few of them now. Anything else you want to say? Sure. I've got pretty much everything around me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to see what you pick. This guy. Beautiful. Tiny little Lophophoria that was one of the first plants that I grew. It's only a, it's a year old, maybe. Mm, it's your and seedling? It came, yeah. And it came from this plant, the seed. Awesome. I, had a, I kind of didn't know what I was doing, and it just kind of grew. Very so, cool. I love that one. That's awesome. Now I've got about a thousand of them growing. <laughs> but that was the first one, so that's probably my oldest seedling. Mm. I've got like, three of them from that batch. You know, this astrophytum that you did, uh, you the multiple, I, I shared it today, and they're they're staged in what looks like a dry lake bed. It's incredible, man. You did an excellent job on that. The, there's, I think there's like three of them, and you you put them in ground like they look like they're in habitat. They're po- popping yeah. out, you know. They're like buried, like they would. Yeah. Be. You did a great job, and the cracks in the in the dirt. It looks like a dried lake bed. Yeah, that's what I was going for. It took me ages to figure out how to do that. I saw, I can't remember who it was. I think someone on Instagram posted there's some someone from Japan or something is selling this like liquid stuff. Have you seen this? Uh-uh. I think it's some sort of plaster and it and it cracks like wow. dried seabed. So I thought I'd try and copy it and I spent ages messing around with different types of mud. And I got this mal from from italy that's someone else on instagram because i was looking for mal and i couldn't find it anywhere so someone else from instagram from italy was like oh you can get it from here so i got some sent to me and i messed around with the different muds and i got it to got it to crack and work like that and it's cool because unlike that other stuff that um someone had when you wet it it turns back into mud Mm -hmm. so it waters and evaporates and then it dries again so yeah i think it was an experiment that worked Wow. I posted a picture of it on the British Cactus and Succulent Society Facebook group and everyone was like, You're gonna kill them. What are you doing? That's not how you do it. And it's like, guys, really? chill out. Like if it, if they die, they die. It's just a fun experiment. And they haven't died, they've like doubled in size. So Wow. People are so precious over these plants, like so many things are like it's this is how you do it. Mm. And I think just experiment, you know. It doesn't matter. It's it's a two year old seedling. If it dies, it dies. Let's see what what they do. They're yeah. a lot tougher than people give them credit for. I mean, look at where they grow. Yeah, you're absolutely so, right. They're a little more, a uh, little less conservative about that kind of thing here. I feel like, especially with yeah. this new generation, at least people yeah, are definitely. definitely doing some new stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's a a lot of people who've been doing it a certain way. For a very, very long, you know, I, I've got 40 years experience and all this sort of thing. It's like, that's cool. How did you get that experience? Like, right. Then, oh, there's other ways of doing the same thing. And the plants don't care. Like, that's, it's funny when people argue about the best way to, to raise seeds. It's like, you've all got seedlings. Like, you're all growing seedlings. There is no best way of doing it. Like, yeah. Whatever works, whatever makes sense to you. And, the plants don't care, so they just grow. Yeah, pretty much anything. Yeah, that's just an unfortunate uh, little display of ego sometimes, you know. But sometimes I think sometimes. people 
something that works for someone they think that's the way it is but it's not necessarily yeah who's to say do you have an astro that we could see yeah do you want to see a big one yeah a big one let's see some some mature specimens oh robusta yeah (laughs) well spotted got a little peak of a robusta wow Wow, wow, wow. My biggest one. That thing's incredible, man. Yeah, it, 1975 Seagram. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Man. That's cool. That's very cool. You're inspiring yeah. me to want to get some some older specimens. I have about one that's like 40 years old or something, 50 years old. That's the only one I have. But that is beautiful, man. They're, they're hard to uh, find. I guess not a lot of people want to give them up. Right, but, yeah. But, it's, you know, like someone has grown that from seed, whatever, 40, 50 years ago. But it'll live for another 50 years, you know? Right. It will just keep going. Yeah. And so it's cool to pass these plants down and keep them going. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're going to have a lot of aerial carpus to pass down. <laughs> yeah i know you have in your bio it's not for profit but um you know that very well could be your retirement fund man if you got thousands yeah and yeah i'm really not into to money there's a whole side of it but maybe yeah maybe i just i need some money at some point (laughs) just an idea cool what about that hanging thing behind your head? What kind of cactus is that? This is a... I should know, but I don't. You should know. But I don't. <laughs> I can now my mind's gone blank and I can't remember. But it's a monkey tail, isn't it? Oh. Uh, Call the winter a colomenosis. Yeah, definitely don't, didn't know that one. It's got... It's got a little flower. I don't know if you can see it, but that's exciting. Mm. That's so cool that you're getting blooms. I mean, I'm sure it's it's a real special occasion when you're getting blooms in there. Well, it they all summer they they bloom wow. nonstop because they have such a long cold winter rest. I think that actually helps with the flowers. Yeah, if you don't really get a winter. Then, like a lot of plants that are kept indoors or kept at warm temperatures and are kept growing all winter if you completely shut them down with no water and really cold temperatures they as soon as spring comes they burst into life and they they bloom and they grow really really fast yeah like desperate for growth probably (laughs) it amazes me that they don't like you know six seven months eight months sometimes without water and then a drop of water, and you can visibly see them growing. It's incredible. Right. You can see them respond to the water. Yeah. They all fatten up and swell up. Like those first few weeks of spring is really interesting time. Yeah. Well, I'd like to wrap up with a question for you. What What do you, what have you, what has changed in your life since finding this? Like, what, what is this gardening doing for you? It's, it's been a huge change in my life that got me into the gardening. Mm-hmm. And I think 
it's given me I don't know the pandemic has been crazy everything that my life was based around suddenly stopped in like a couple of weeks and this has given me something to to focus on and keep busy yeah and it's it's been nice especially I mean I think the Instagram community has egged me on massively (laughs) everybody wants to show off their new plant and that 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 thrill of acquiring a new plant and then having someone to show it to has been has been a big part of it but yeah I think it's kept me busy and it's 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 really nice I still can't explain why it's fun yeah but it is (laughs) yeah it's hard to put into words yeah yeah cool man well thank you so much martin i really really appreciate you you too man thanks for having me all right big cactus rescue everybody you have a website i looked at it actually dude it's fucking it's high tech i like your website (laughs) it's very visually stimulating with the scrolling photos and the links what is the website url it's bigcactusrescue.org i think okay yeah okay Awesome. And also a quick plug for my girlfriend who's running every day this year for a homeless charity in the UK. Wow. Her website is trixierunseveryday.uk and she's tri- at trixierunseveryday on Instagram and she's doing amazing work. That's beautiful, man. Day. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, we have that in common too. I like to run. I don't run marathons, but I like to run. <laughs> well, so Yeah. It's absolutely great. Running is a huge part of my life. And then what about the song that I'm going to put on the intro? Who's that by? I would like to give them credit in the in the um, bio. I'm going to I'm going to I'll plug you, your website and uh Trixie in the bio if you'd like. And, oh yeah. Yeah, and then the band uh Bismuth, Bismuth are called. They're from Wales. Okay. Yeah, really cool. They're just a bassist and a drummer, and the bassist has like loads of effects and loads of different guitar amps and bass amps all plugged into the same bass. And she does some crazy noises with that bass, and it's cool. Very cool. All right. Big Cactus Rescue. Thanks, Martin. Nice one, man. All right. If everybody could please like, review, and subscribe to the podcast, that helps me out a lot. Uh, hit that share button. Have a great day.